Hello ladies and gentlemen welcome to the second episode of the bailout podcast i am your host arnav agarwal and today we will be joined by none other than mr akash banerji who is the founder and the host of the desh bhakt which is india's first socio political satire show that takes on the establishment political u turns of ministers general hypocrisy of the society and the sensationalist media Mr Akash has gained nationwide recognition for reporting and analyzing global affairs and is definitely the perfect person to talk to regarding government economic policies. Hello Mr Akash it is wonderful to have you with us for the second episode of the Bailout podcast. It's a pleasure it's a pleasure to join and hopefully I'll be able to answer some of your questions. <laughs> so I've personally been a huge fan of your work since the last one or two years. and i have been following the deshpakt religiously since a very long time you've really been an inspiration to a lot of people and having a fellow martinian on board for this episode definitely makes it extra special thank you so much and the fact is that i'm talking to a fellow martinian i think that is what makes it amazing the fact that everybody is doing some great stuff podcasting getting to know new technology i keep learning with you guys yeah so it's awesome to be here Thank you so much. So right, I just had one question before we move on with the interview. So before we discuss the master strokes of the government, I just had this question that today are we joined by Mr. Akash Banerjee or Bhadkao Banerjee or rather everyone's favorite and my personal favorite Bhakt Banerjee? देखिए अगर Bhakt Banerjee अगर आ गया यहाँ तो आपको जो आपके जो सवाल है ना उनके जवाब आपको ऐसे हम आपको ऐसे कंफ्यूज या देंगे ना आप देखिए भक्त बैनर्जी से बात ही मत करिए क्योंकि देखिए भक्त बैनर्जी तो कहता है सब चंगा से और जान नहीं भड़काऊ बैनर्जी के तो वो ऐसा चिल्लाएगा कि आपका आपका पॉडकास्ट फट के आपके हाथ में आ जाएगा सो आई आई थिंक लेट्स गो विद देशभक्त आकाश डेफिनेटली वी बिलीव इन द स्पिरिट ऑफ आस्किंग क्वेश्चंस एंड आई ऑलवेज कीप सेइंग दिस इज दैट इफ यू लव योर कंट्री देन यू हैव टू आस्क क्वेश्चंस टू द पीपल हु आर रूलिंग योर कंट्री बिकॉज़ दैट इज व्हाट ट्रू लव इज कि आप भैया आप किसी से प्यार करते हो तभी तो सवाल पूछोगे इवन इफ योर पेरेंट्स फॉर दैट मैटर और और किड्स हु गो रॉन्ग डोंट पेरेंट्स आस्क क्वेश्चंस और किड्स टुडे इन पैंडेमिक डोंट वी सी ऑल द किड्स सेइंग नो पापा नो मामा डोंट गो आउट इट्स इट्स कंसर्न राइट यप सो लेट्स बिगिन सो विद द इंक्रीजिंग फर्वर ऑफ आत्मनिर्भर द इंडियन गवर्नमेंट इज अंडरगोइंग अ पैराडाइम शिफ्ट सो लाइक दिस रीबर्थ ऑफ द स्वदेशी मूवमेंट हैज कॉज्ड द इंडियन गवर्नमेंट टू ट्रांसफॉर्म इटसेल्फ फ्रॉम अ लार्जली इंपोर्टिंग इकॉनमी टू नाउ अ मैन्युफैक्चरिंग वन सो डू यू थिंक दैट द गवर्नमेंट विल बी सक्सेसफुल इन अंडरगोइंग सच अ रेडिकल चेंज इन पॉलिसी यू नो द वन थिंग दैट नरेंद्र मोदी गॉट एब्सोल्युटली राइट एक्चुअली ही इज गॉट अ लॉट ऑफ थिंग्स राइट इन थ्योरी Mm-hmm. the one thing that he really went hammer and tongs with when he came into power in 2014 was the make in india initiative and i can assure you is that there would be many uh, you know philosophies and policies of narendra modi that would be open to debate but there is no one who can debate over the fact that make in india was a great thought it was a great push and narendra modi going to all corners of the world and trying to encourage people to make in india he wanted and i quote india to become a manufacturing hub for the world and that is the way that you take on to china also 
Now, six years down the line, it is incorrect, and I, and I think there is in, enough empirical evidence to support this. It is incorrect to say that only China can manufacture, and India can't stand in front of what China is manufacturing. Look at what has happened after Corona. And again, I'm quoting newspapers. There were newspaper headlines that said 1,000 companies are moving out of China. We are in talks with Boeing and this and that to get those factories into India. Guess what? Those factories actually did move out of China. They went to Vietnam. They went to Laos. They went to Cambodia. They've even gone to Indonesia, a country that was seen as a lower investment and uh, uh, lower, you know, in, in terms of investment opportunities than in India. So while Narendra Modi was absolutely spot on, is that you have to have Make in India. Six years down the line, we have come to rebrand Make in India as Atmanirbhar Bharat. While the 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 philosophy and the aim was always the same, that we manufacture in India, we manufacture for India, we manufacture for the world. Now in the, his latest independence speech, what has he said? Atmanirbhar and making for the world. It's basically the same wine that is being given to us in new bottle. So it's a great thought. I think we have to be Atmanirbhar. I think there is no other way than to make India. Let's not forget that unemployment is a huge problem here. You have you have people who are willing to work hard, but unfortunately, and this you have to talk to businessmen in your podcast. Talk to businessmen who are willing to tell you how difficult it is to set up a manufacturing unit, how difficult mm -hmm. it is to get those license permits, and there lies the problem. The thought is bang on. It's just that you have to unlock the potential of the Indian businessman who has to go through so much, so much of corruption, so much of ghuskori, so much of greasing palms that many people just give up and they say we don't want to manufacture. So, Mr. Akash, since you talked about businesses, so we see that startups in India are facing an acute liquidity crunch. So, considering hmm. how many of the MSMEs policies have not been implemented, and since investors obviously won't come to India when there is such regulatory and administrative uncertainty. Which is prevalent throughout the country. What is the best way that the government can help these sixty thousand odd startup companies, businesses in India? Okay, so when this whole uh, boycott China initiative started, and I, I, I theoretically support the fact that we should not depend so much on China. I don't agree with the fact that you suddenly one day get up and say that let's boycott everything. But the fact is that we depend so much on China should bother any Indian. And when we did start this whole boycott thing, and you know, delete the apps, etc., etc. We forgot that most of our unicorn companies, most of our software companies, uh, apps that have done well are funded. And I didn't even know this. I didn't know that all our banks, all our our financial institutions, do not lend to startups because they are so called risky. But on the other hand, we will lend to people like Nirav Modi and <laughs> Vijay Mallya, who will take our money and run away. Why? I just don't understand. What sense does this make? Because the Chinese come. The ten cents of the world come and invest into the Indian startup ecosystem. Nobody is running away with their cash. Nobody went bankrupt. They took a risk. So it is an insult for me as an Indian that Chinese come and put money into our startup ecosystem while our Indian money—and it's not like we didn't have liquidity—was not put productively. We were lending to jewelers and people who were making frivolous airlines and burning the money. So clearly, the liquidity crunch uh, is our making. The fact that we did not trust our startup ecosystem, despite the fact that we, you know, India's biggest success story has been its software story, and the next phase of the software story was, of course, making of the apps and making, uh, making more of codes, uh, coding companies, and encouraging uh, the, the 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 app companies. But that did not happen. So it is our fault. 
that we have landed up in such a situation i hope that changes so like as we are talking about indian investments so we just celebrated the 74th independence day a few days back the hmm. government is planning to celebrate the 75th birthday of the nation with a bang by developing the central vista a 20000 crore rupee project which is underway the present parliament building is being transformed into a museum which is perhaps where democracy will be displayed as an ancient artifact in india and the prime minister is building his very own taj mahal there as well so do you think that continuing this work is a smart investment considering how indian laborers can be better employed doing better things you know i find it so it's ironic at two big levels of course it's ironic at many levels is the fact that you don't have money to feed uh, migrant uh, laborers uh, but you have 20000 crores there you don't have money to give your gst is falling short you don't have money to pay to your states your gst is going into negative but you have 20000 crores to build the central vista but the bigger irony is didn't this government tell us that more governance less government on the other mm-hmm. hand you are building more buildings you are building more infrastructure why i thought everything was supposed to go virtual digital india i thought the government was going to reduce its role in 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 fiduciary activities and just focus on the core governance that is point 1 point 2 is the ultimate irony is that when india is battling the worst pandemic in a the world has faced in a century and we are looking at the worst gdp performance in the history of india at that time at that year you have to go ahead and make such a big thing i'm not even getting into the environmental concerns uh, the fact that it was completely bypassed etc etc so it sends out a very wrong message it and you know what whether it matters to the people of india is is you know that is the problem because the government thinks and the government has unprecedented support and that's mm-hmm. the irony they could have done so many things because they have unprecedented support right. the problem is when the international community and the, when the international businessmen will see stuff like this he will say i am not going to put my money here now when you look at these international businesses they have people who tell they have actually Well, people who go ahead and study what is happening in the society, what is happening in the polity, what is the mood of the people, and then they put their money. It is not only about, yeah, cargaj me, what is written, and ease of business, and do I have a warehouse and not. So on that score, and that is why we are seeing so few people come in and put their money, is because there is so much of uncertainty, there is so much of aggression, and people don't like to deal with aggressive regimes. They like to deal with. government friendly people friendly business friendly uh, uh uh you know governance unfortunately i don't think you can put a tick mark on these things as far as today is concerned in india so uh, since we're talking about government building infrastructure the the andaman and nicobar islands are going to be transformed into an apparent maritime hub with the government saying that the place will serve as a stimulus for industries and a catalyst for tourism so is it just another jumla or an unstrategic investment on the part of the government or is it something which actually has scope of being achieved see again uh, we have the new you have the new education policy and i did an episode saying that it 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 really has some ground breaking stuff like you can choose your major and minor something that is very prevalent in for for example in america so it has great new thought processes how much is it going to be implemented Let's not forget we are the same country that celebrated our second Independence Day three years ago when we when we welcomed in GST. Can anybody argue that GST was not required? Of course it was required. Can we argue today the way it was done completely messed up the economy further after demonetization? I don't think there is too much of debate left on that issue. Nobody talks about that now. So nobody talks about uh, you know GST as being a masterstroke. In the same way, 
the idea of developing an island into a maritime hub into a tourist hub great you have you have the example of thailand and the lankavis of the world and you know the potential india has how much is it going to be translated the problem is that there is there are great vision statements that are made one must sit down and say that there are so many vision statements made what is that one project that the government executed flawlessly in 6 years there has to be at least one or two great projects that was executed flawlessly except maybe ujwala Uh, which is also a one-time cylinder being given, and the second one you have to get on market rate. But at least that was a positive step. One, the government really needs to sit down and say that okay, I I announced these things. Let me see what I have actually done. Bluntly, honestly, without any ego, they need to take a look at that. So, like India is developing some modern temples of the world. So, considering India's recent spat with Nepal over the territorial dispute. India has somehow entered into talks with Nepal to discuss and develop bilateral projects. So, will the process of defenestrating the notion of having a stable foreign policy and entering into such inherently unreliable projects help the Indian economy to develop such modern temples of the world? Uh, well, you can't use the phrase "modern temples of the world" because that is a phrase that Nehru used, and nobody wants to use that anymore. Uh, I recently did an episode, and we I just talked about how all over the world people are building modern temples of the world, whether be it the Palm Jumeirah in Dubai that became a showcase, whether be it the uh, Odi Library in Helsinki at a cost of a hundred million euros. What is that modern temple of India today that we can showcase to the world and say this is the symbol of modern India? And I'm sorry, I can't, I can't say Patel statue is the symbol of modern India. <laughs> It's a great memorial. That's okay. So I really want us to build those modern temples. But unfortunately, and and, and, and you know, on the on the neighborhood front, <laughs> you know, when China came into Galwan, this is the same India that was the big brother in this region. there was not one country there was not one, forget pakistan there was not one country that supported india on a public forum and said china back off not bangladesh not myanmar not sri lanka not maldives nobody so today the guys who really were the big brothers with chota 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 nice neighbors maintaining good relations besides bhutan there is nobody left for us now so we have to see what resulted what was this aggression that has made even our smaller neighbors go away from us and of course the brilliance of china and you have to give the devil or the dragon its due where required what china did before galwan is very interesting they have circled india it's a long they think 10 15 20 years in advance they have slowly circled china they have great deals you know with bangladesh 97% of exports to bangladesh in 97% of the categories they have given exemptions uh, import exemptions so bangladesh is now going to heavy due to uh, send stuff to china so bangladesh is pulling away from us pakistan was never with us nepal is now going and sitting in the lap of china uh, uh, sri lanka you know what has happened with the hamban tota port where, where where i mean i mean i mean they they are basically in debt to china uh, pakistan is already there so look and afghanistan also by the way china and iran or our old allies huh? uh, china is going and shaking hands with them also china is buying up countries china is buying up countries while we are busy buying mps so our narrow political outlook is that oh i just want to be in power while you are losing power in the neighborhood and in the international community unfortunately but that is what narrow minded politics is
so i think that is enough for today and thank you very much for <laughs> joining us with in the bailout podcast so i mean it's great to have you thank you so much thank. for joining mr agash it's it's been a pleasure to talk to you and please keep up the great work please keep up the podcast going it's it's a great initiative and all the best to you also thank you so much thank you okay bye thank you